Hello and welcome to the 269th episode of the Fret Talk podcast, the world's number one Fret Talk podcast. I am your host, Joe Branton, joined this week by Lee Alexander. 69. <laughs> and budget pedal chap. Gentlemen, hello and welcome to another Ooh. episode. Thanks for joining me. Indeed. Thanks Indeed. for joining you. This is yes, that threw me off. <laughs> it's, I'm, I'm usually the one driving this, so this is this is a great, <laughs> a, a great. No, that's stuff. it. That's all I'm doing now. I'm stepping back now. This is now. You, this is now no, yours, I, Budge. I, You've I, got this. I, I was liking that. Um, carry on. Carry. <laughs> okay, so uh, yeah. clearly we are here joined by Mr. Joseph Branton of the Guitar Nerds Podcast. Hello and welcome. Ah, thank you. Thank you very much for having me. It's always lovely to do another person's podcast. Indeed, indeed. I mean, you are quite the veteran by this point, aren't you? You've uh, your your yeah. guitar nerds podcast have been going for some years now. It is some a decade, years. I believe. It is a decade, which is a long time to podcast. Indeed. It does make you wonder what we've done wrong with our lives to be on the Oh, yeah. I often ask myself that when I'm on a Friday night with a laptop in front of me trying to edit out <laughs> Lee's coughs. Like, yeah. Surely, surely something's <laughs> gone wrong here. <laughs> yeah. But there we oh, go. He, here we are. So for those who do not know, Joseph, Joseph Branton, um, like what rock have you been living under? is my first question. But secondly, uh, would you like to introduce yourself to our podcast listeners? Sure, yes, yeah. Um, if, you're, if you're not familiar with me, why would you be? You only need to listen to one guitar podcast and you have chosen Fret Talk, dear listener, which is a, a fantastic <laughs> guitar podcast as it is. But yes, I am, uh, yeah, my name's Joe and I run the Guitar Nerds podcast, which is uh, i don't know maybe like i was i was talking to blake wyland uh from chasing tone uh the podcast recently um and the tone mob podcast and uh and blake thinks we might be the longest running that guitar nerds might be the longest running i'm not sure we're about 10 years in i think we're probably the longest running if you count the fact that before we were guitar nerds the four original hosts used to work for a brighton guitar shop called gat and we were the Gat Guitar Shop podcast then. I think we had, I don't know, three years, something like that, under our belt as that, and then mm -hmm. and then the rest of it under Guitar Nerds. So that's what we do, a weekly episode, doing, you know, much what, what you guys do, talking about the news and uh, talking about guitar stuff that we care about. Um, I mean, we try to fit a bit of news in, but... Yeah. <laughs> it's mainly <laughs> you know, it's like... jokes about our genitals. Um, <laughs> but there, there's Please. definitely guitar-themed... We're, I think we're the cleanest guitar podcast. Guitar Nerds is definitely the cleanest guitar podcast out there. Indeed, indeed, yes, very like the squeaky clean um, boys on the boys on the scene, isn't it? Or, or <laughs> it used to be. Now you've got um, is it Naomi Watts? Um, um, uh, uh, we have Naomi McLeod. Yeah, sorry. yeah, she's uh, <laughs> yeah, she, she yeah. Uh, Naomi is uh, yeah. Naomi's great. Um, uh, she is, yeah, she's she's from Dublin in Ireland. She used to work for a couple of guitar stores over there, and she now um, she now works for Eden Amplification and Gear for Music over here. Okay, and cool. uh, and yeah, she uh, uh, she's great. Yeah, I met I met I met her some years ago. 
just at a, at a random math rock gig where <laughs> she was a, a friend of friend of one of the probably the best bass player I know, a guy called Joe Thorpe, and uh, and and he introduced me to Naomi and we all ended up just like talking really geeky bass guitar stuff for the whole night. So I knew she'd be a, a great fit for the podcast. And of course, when the original host of Guitar Nerds, Mark Packham, when he stepped down and Jay Cross had said that he also wanted to step away from it, I was kind of looking to get some some new podcasts, new podcast hosts on board. And Naomi was like the first person that I thought of. Indeed. Yeah, so uh, let's, cool, let's take us back to those uh, those early early days because I I can't remember how uh, how soon it was into the GAC podcast, but I was I was there pretty mm. much from the start. <laughs> yes, um, yeah, you were definitely old school. You've uh, you've been through it all, indeed. So you had uh, it was yourself, uh, Pac Man, um, Cross, and uh, Matt as well, Matt. Mm. Um, yeah, who we see all over the internet these days, but for completely different things. He's, yeah, it's well, quite the yes. boss, isn't he? <laughs> yeah, exactly. So yeah, so when the podcast started, it was it was funny times because I was kind I was working in the bass department. I was sort of semi managing it, but only because the and everyone called me the bass department like manager, but it was only because the actual manager of the bass department barely turned up he was always drunk or late and so it was it was kind of uh, this wasn't you it wasn't me no he had a bigger mustache than me he was kind of like uh like like uh, i don't know mecca joe uh (laughs) but he 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 was barely there so i was sort of running the bass department mark packham was like a part-time he used to be the assistant manager and now was just like a part-time marketing guy for GAC. He was trying, I think he was using GAC to sort of dip his toes in and try and find marketing avenues, which is why I tried the podcast. Matt Knight was the store manager and Jay Cross was the assistant manager. And so, yeah, they, like we all really got on and um, Mark just asked us if we wanted to stick around one evening and try recording a podcast and getting some gins in a tin and a pizza. And we did that and then we did that every single monday for 10 years <laughs> uh, but 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 yes yeah so so yeah mark mark originally started it as the gag podcast where it stayed for three years ish something like that until mark left mark and jay both left to go and work for a headphone company at the time so we couldn't really continue being the gag podcast and uh, Matt was offered his dream job at Boss Effects Pedals. Uh, so, you know, we had to separate and make it its own thing. So it became yeah. Guitar Nerds. And obviously shortly after, Jay got a job for Fender, which was Jay's, you know, sort of dream company to work for. Matt was at Boss. I was still the the manager at, at GAC for a long time, the marketing manager at GAC for a long time. And uh, Mark eventually moved on to Reverb.com, where he's now the marketing manager for all of Europe for for, for Reverb. And I think you I mean, can hear him. I think you can hear him voicing over some some videos and stuff for, for them now as well. But I mean, he, he got a start doing that with uh, with your YouTube channel, didn't he? Because you mm, yeah. you had quite a string of um, like top five videos for for a brief yeah. period as well, didn't you? Yeah, we're, yeah, like, uh, you know, YouTube for me was something I always chased and never nailed and eventually just gave up on. I just decided I wasn't YouTube 
material. But um, but certainly early in the YouTube days, Mark did a great job of doing loads of like top 10, weirdest this, strangest Stratocasters, you know, Gibsons, you can't believe they release, released, things like that. Yeah. And they did really well. I mean, you know, bear in mind that he sold all the share, his shares of Guitar Nerds Limited to me. And that, that YouTube channel still makes 150 quid a month for, for us not <laughs> yeah. release, having released a video for, for two years. <laughs> certainly not made a successful video on there for about five years so thanks mark we we were looking at a bunch of like um uh, inspiration from various different uh, not just music um youtube videos but like uh, all sorts uh, like game ones and so on and so forth Uh, and the top five top ten like list things do really really well so we've been yeah we've been thinking about doing it like top five choruses or you know it's a great idea do it jump on it if you can be bothered to do it, then do it. It's I mean, that, that's uh, it's, the uh, issue, unfortunately, isn't it? That how many like top five weirdest eighties choruses in plastic houses can yeah. you do? <laughs> I also do. I do think the YouTube boat has has sailed as well. You know, do do it on TikTok, guys. Like, uh, oh, I I've, well, YouTube will be dead in a year. <laughs> yeah, we're doing yeah, a bunch of shorts and stuff, and like you can reuse them on everything now. So. You can yeah. just plaster them on TikTok, you can plaster them on YouTube, do so on and so forth, and yeah, tick every boat. Every boat? Yeah. Every, I mean, you can, you tick can, a, you can, you can tick always tick those boats. Enough. Yeah, yeah, I often tick boats, yeah. That's the uh, privilege of living in Brighton, I guess. <laughs> yeah. Oh, dear. Uh, so, uh, as we mentioned, like, Guitar Nerds has quite the journey over like, over the decade, pretty much. You've, you've gone from, like you say, uh, being part like being partnered with a a guitar store and then kind of going off and doing your own road thing and dipping uh dipping into uh YouTube and it's kind of it's evolved uh since then hasn't it so since the since the 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 core four um kind of disbanded you've branched out to uh a few different avenues within the podcast haven't you um yeah yeah i guess do you mean in like in series that we've done yeah or yeah because yeah, i mean there's, yeah, so... there's bass related stuff there was yeah. uh i mean like thinking back there was like a, a audio diary of matt in japan as well at one point wasn't there? Yeah, we, we did it <laughs> yeah, i <laughs> think he had that whilst he was you? there <laughs> <laughs> But yeah, then we did. Uh, yeah, Matt did his diary of Japan. Me and Matt have done like two series of writing a song together, where we showed people how to use the DAW or how to use plugins. Yeah, um, you know I've had we... that on my my to watch list for ages. That that specific thing, I've been waiting. Ah. I don't know why I haven't watched it. It's just been there, and I keep looking and thinking, I, I need to watch that. <laughs> ah, there you go. Yeah. Yeah, and we did. Uh, we've done. Yeah, like the bass guitar nerds and a, a whole bunch of mini series. We did Friday specials for a while, things like that. Um, we we tried lots of things. To be honest, recently it's just been the standard weekly podcast with me and Matt more often than not. Just because I've actually really enjoyed maybe removing some of the segments from the podcast and and making it more conversational between me and Matt. I'm not sure our listeners agree. Certainly the exit polls on on uh, Patreon Patreon. suggest that maybe I'm going down the wrong path here, but uh, I've really enjoyed it with Matt and um, I am going to re-expand it. The, The honest reason is that I've been so busy. I haven't had the time to do the the mini series yeah. because I've been I've been I became like the marketing director for Ashdown 
engineering about two years ago, which is actually a lot of work. And they like they they've they've got me on board to design a whole new range of bases, which I've been working on for about a year, and a new range of pedals and a new range of amps. And that's a lot of work in itself. Yeah. Um, and on top of that, I I I became the uh, the the uh, the marketing, the digital marketing manager for KMA Machines, the German effects pedal company. Yeah, we know so KMA. Trying to, yeah, they're they're great. I really, I really like them. I sort of asked for the job because yeah. I really like the pedals, and they were yeah. like, "Yes, we kind of need that role, so you're hired." <laughs> but but having to do those two companies and do the podcast just meant that I've had less time. And yeah. because the core members are now Matt and myself, like Jay is. Jay has stepped back because he's really pursuing uh, what he's doing with with Fender and yeah. it's taking up an awful lot of his time. And I think we're going to see Jay Cross being responsible for an awful lot of UK decisions for Fender very soon. But he's just, he can't, he doesn't have the time. And, and you know, and, and Mark, Mark the same, the same sort of for... Um, yeah, for, for reverb, just like having those two drop out. Of Europe, is, yeah. <laughs> it's, yes, it's, yeah, it's exactly, the, for, for a massive website. I mean, I've I've got to yeah. say, I've I've noticed there's there's been more and more shell pink um, <laughs> additions into the um, into the Fender lineup in U, in yeah. like the Europe and the UK. So well, we, that is, we're definitely like, yeah, feeling Jay Cross's brands. influence, aren't we? Well, it, actually, the the bulk of that isn't Jay. It's Dan Grace who was who never really <laughs> came on the podcast yeah. proper. But Dan Grace was the acoustic department manager and one of our best friends at, at, at GAC. And he is also shell pink obsessed, as everyone was at GAC. And he has become the European manager for Squire. Uh, ah, so basically, everything in the world is run by GAC employees, circa two thousand and thirteen. <laughs> uh, <laughs> But yeah, that's that's actually why all those pink releases, all like the pink basics, that was Dan Grace requesting that, and that being them, they I think they trialed something like uh, it was something like one of the Esquires. They did an Esquire that Dan was like, please do this for the UK market. It will sell really well, and they were like, oh, I'm not sure. We'll give it a go, and they gave it a go, and I think they did it in in a blue maybe yeah. in Lake Placid and in one other car. I can't remember, but they did that. Dan Grace requested it. They made it. It sold really well. And they went, oh, you have great ideas. What else should we do? And he was like, <laughs> a shell pink basics, a shell pink this, a shell pink that. So that's that's kind of, yeah, that's why we've got all those things. Oh, I mean, thank you to, thank you to Dan because <laughs> those Esquires were like an absolute hot pick. Um, so much so that one of our Patreon backers and my, like one of my personal friends has got one. Ah, there you go. So, yeah, thank you, Dan Grace. I, uh, yeah, I, th- I think about it. It's, it's something I haven't. I haven't got an Esquire. I'm trying to slim down everything that I've got at the moment, but I think an Esquire Ooh, is something that should selling. be part of the. Sorry, let me know what you're selling. <laughs> yeah, every everything at the moment. I mean, everything. Sh- sh- surely everything. you only need one base, like a. Well, yeah, yeah, I know, I know. <laughs> that... I just got two new jazz bases. That was a mistake. So, so I I got rid of a couple. I'm back up to like seven jazz bases. That's a now. lot of jazz so bases. It's a problem. It's too many. It's too many. Oh. I need a deposit for a house. I need to sell some things. Is that a about a base like a couple of base sized chunk of money? <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's uh, yeah. I, I yeah, I think I've I've got a deposit here in equipment. I just need to bring myself to sell it. I think. Oh, it's, it's hard times, man. It's hard times. 
What, what percentage is a deposit on a house? Like a 20, isn't it? It's, it's, no, no, you can do it with 10. You can do it with 10. But, um, but 10, 10% of a two-bedroom flat in Brighton is still 40 grand. Yeah, <laughs> Shitting <of> hell. <laughs> yeah. <It's ridiculous. clears throat> yeah. And sure, surely the, the wages aren't that great down in Brighton. It's the same as London. So, okay. you know, so we sort of have unofficial London waiting, but, you know, no. Yeah. The wages the wages for Brighton, the same as the wage, well, sorry, house prices for Brighton, the same as house prices for London, are affordable for bankers who don't live in those houses, not for <laughs> normal people. So, yeah, it's, it's, we're in the same boat. Indeed. I mean, largely in the UK, we're fucked. But that is a conversation. <laughs> this is one of the huge reasons that I moved because, like, we've we've done this, you know, well, not this because this looks like shit because I'm still <laughs> renovating my studio. But we've we've managed to like the I mean, houses it's a space here of shit just... if it's shit. <laughs> that, that, yeah, the house I mean, you can see all, all so cheap. four of my walls from this camera, so. <laughs> honestly we, we bought this house outright and we paid i think it was out i think it was about 69 grand or something like that and it's nice. got 2000 square meters of land on oh, a, shit, a huge four bedroom house it's, it's, it's just it's mental it really is absolutely yeah. mental yeah wow yeah whereas you know i'm looking at a, a, a to get a two-bedroom flat in brighton 420 so, yeah. a flat yeah yeah you can't get there aren't houses in Brighton mate <laughs> whoosh whoosh I saw that that, um, Gilmore's selling he's a he's a, a apartment if you want to he call is it he is yeah I did ask about it but uh, I'm not sure I liked it yeah, <laughs> yeah. 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 <laughs> I, I, I did have a look at the listing it's um, it's quite nice <laughs> yeah yeah we wait. He's gonna he's do gonna it. go windsurfing permanently. I think <laughs> you should do it, Joe. You should do it. <laughs> yeah, I should. I should. I mean, it it right. would be a bit of a claim to fame, wouldn't it? Hmm. Having Gilmore's ex property. Uh, yeah, probably probably cheaper than buying one of his uh, guitars on the auction as well. <laughs> Almost insane. definitely. <laughs> that is insane. That he, to buy a house is cheaper than to buy a, a guitar. I mean, he, he didn't record out. fucking Wish You Were Dave Here on, on the guitars. house, though, did he? Yeah, I know, but just think about <laughs> it. Just think about it. You know, any house, any guitar. It it just doesn't make sense. Yeah. Absolutely insane. Um, So, polymath. Polymath, polymath, polymath. This this is poly hyphen math as well, isn't it? Not poly math. <laughs> it is. Yeah, yeah. yeah. We, we had to... So, to, dear listener, they're talking about my band, Polymath. Uh, we we did have to add a hyphen because there was a Scottish DJ who it didn't matter how many times we contacted him, being like, "Can we sort sort this out?" Because you sort of started after us and you, you named the same thing. He never replied to us, and it was ruining all of our Spotify playlists and stuff like that. <laughs> to to the point that like there was a Spotify playlist for some festival we played in Europe, and on the playlist they'd they'd added the goddamn <laughs> some of his music, deep, some some weird Scottish happy house with a. Uh, Rather than us, but yeah, so we added a, a the hyphen to avoid it. <laughs> cool, it looks cool, though. It's like Spider Man, you know. It's, <laughs> it's got a hyphen. It's really cool. So, oh, I've got to get you. <laughs> it was like what? what the fuck? 
<laughs> so, I don't remember okay. any hit movies about polymath. <laughs> <laughs> you wait, you wait, you'll see. <laughs> yeah, ten years time. Um, so yeah, tell us, tell us about a lot, polymath. A lot of the polymath, a lot of the polymath music does sound like it should be on soundtracks. Right. Yeah. Yeah. I guess it's sort of it, it can get a little bit epic. Uh, so yeah, sometimes, depending on what we're doing. Yeah, Polymath, uh, for you, dear listener, if, if you've not checked us out, and why would you? Uh, we're uh, an instrumental prog band. Um, so it's a five-piece with saxophone, guitar, bass, drums, and keyboards and synths. Soon to be a six-piece, actually. We're adding a trumpet player stroke percussionist because we just add those things on the records anyway, so we might as well have it live. But yeah, yeah Poly- Polymath has been going for probably around a, a, a decade as well, uh, I would have thought. And started off as quite a punky three piece, but yeah, we make instrumental prog, very the Mars Volta, King Crimson inspired, and yeah, we're about to we're about to put out uh, our first record as a five piece. Zenith is coming out on the on the eighteenth of November, which we're pretty excited about. It's great to be getting back out on tour again. We get to do two weeks in the UK and Ireland, um, which is our first tour post you know post pandemic and also post really. Brexit becoming a real reality. So gone are the days where we could make money from it just to get into Ireland now instead of a ferry being 400 quid as it was pre-Brexit. That's now eight, 900 pounds and you've Oosh. got to pay a carne when you get in. So we've got to not only count in and this, ladies and gentlemen, includes every fucking cable. You have to count in, <laughs> physically count in all of your gear uh, on the Irish border um, to make sure that you're not selling it. The same as you also, or, or we always had to do in Switzerland. But it was the reason why when you go to Switzerland, you charge a promoter a grand for a gig instead of 500 quid. Unfortunately, yeah. when we booked to the Irish dates, it was before all this stuff was up in the air. So we're still, be, we're doing four dates. So we're being paid two grand for those four dates. And it's costing us two grand in a carne and a and uh ferry just to get over there so uh yeah, so, so you know gone are the days where you free so yeah exactly we're, i mean we're not for free we'll lose money on petrol i mean we'll probably make it back in merch sales and stuff but i don't mind breaking even because island is a wonderful place to play but yeah. to to be honest like you know mo- most most bands are I, i'm not like this this isn't blowing a trumpet we, we're quite an expensive band to book just yeah. because we've we've been along around long enough to expensive at our level, I guess, but we've been around long enough that if 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 a promoter can't pay us that, then they probably can't promote the show well enough to get people there. So it doesn't matter. So, but yeah. most bands probably charge like one fifty, two hundred quid. We did for years. You know, most people on the normal gigging circuit charge that, and it basically means that no bands from the UK can go to Europe, no bands can go to Ireland, not without losing money. Yeah. And that's ridiculous yeah. and awful uh, and a terrible, terrible thing and a real tragedy for music. But what I'm, um, what I'm seeing from um, from my friends' uh, bands is they are only going to Europe if they can book uh, like a ton of gigs. So they'll get yeah. across there, yeah. and if they can do a load of gigs, then it it makes sense. But if it if it's a yeah. case of pop across to Calais for a gig, you're just not going to do it. Yeah. Well, we can't do festivals anymore um, because. Because it would cost us too much, you know, unless we can get those uh, festivals. Because I can't remember what, how long a carne lasts. I think it's 30 days. So if we can get them all in a 30 day thing, then great. But if <laughs> it's outside of that, then we, we literally can't afford to. No, you know, no one can. 
I mean, so. it's like a high speed tour at that point, if, if, especially if you're going around <laughs> Europe because, like, the it's just mental. It really is. Yeah. Do two yeah. or three but, shows a night. So we had to <laughs> we had to do this um, this accounting for every single thing that we were boxing up when we moved over. So we had quite a big three bedroom house plus all my studio, and like you say, it's every single cable you take, every single pick. <laughs> it's it's so yeah. mental. Uh, um, we had to put we had to itemize basically everything we owned. I mean, right. That, yeah. It was like going through, and I'm like, like, okay, I've got like 40 capacitors <laughs> and stuff like this. Like, oh my god! <laughs> yeah. At that point, you headache. just go, oh, give these away. <laughs> is it, is it yeah. worth like counting out the transistors and capacitors and resistors that I've got? Yeah, yeah. you only yeah. have to like meet one little, um, like little Hitler at, at customs who's who's like, right, okay. <laughs> I'm going to go through this. And, and do you know what? Yeah. We didn't get any of that. We had yeah. no one, no one check it. No one check, um, <laughs> no one is... checked our COVID um, jabs <laughs> and all these sort of things. Well, you, just... You're so right. I've, I've heard if, from bands, I've heard mixed things. Basically, you, most bands aren't getting checked. But here's the thing. If you take a risk and don't get your carne and you go over and you get checked, they don't make you pay it on the spot. You don't get fined. You get turned back. So, yeah. it, so what you're doing is risking your entire tour off the back of a 500 pound carne. So it's you know it's well, the one thing that we have avoided is you have to count in and out merch so that you pay tax on the merch that you've sold in Europe. So what we've done is yeah, made no no we've made a hole in one of the seats in our transit van underneath <laughs> and we're we're storing all of our merch uh, under there cuz i'm not counting in and out records uh, to to pay for you know this ridiculous <laughs> political statement that everyone's making so uh, maybe we should uh, at least we got out. brexit done eh <laughs> at least we got <laughs> brexit done so good yeah thanks guys blue, thanks blue passports to... as well yeah thanks the tories i'm happy I, with that i didn't get away without changing my passport before we left so i've i've had to get one of these stupid blue passports ah, but, so, um, no. so you're I a racist now further <laughs> but I've managed to beat it. I've managed to beat it now because I've now got my migration application through. So now I can travel all throughout the UK and all throughout Europe without any bo- without any bo- bother. Well, fuck you. <laughs> <laughs> but that means if you want anything moved... <laughs> <laughs> you heard it here first. <laughs> it's almost our yeah. official slogan that is... Uh, hmm. Just fuck well, you, Lee. Fuck you. <laughs> <laughs> Anyway, we're well off of the beaten track of guitars right now. We we are um, kinda, yeah. We, we've got we've got a few them. kind of newsy bits. We've got <laughs> we've got a hot take to do this week as well because we forgot to do it last week. Um, but yeah, we, we we have got a really extra special segment, which this is this is a one, once in a lifetime, once only segment. So you best appreciate this. Um, so. This uh, this segment is especially for Joe and for um, for Lee, who are diametrically that makes sense, opposed. We're the only on... other ones here. Yeah, well, yeah, I mean, it's not for me. I, I wrote the thing. It wouldn't be fair. Um, you you guys are diametrically opposed on the um, the band Muse. So, oh yeah, the worst thing to ever happen to. I don't. Does it count as music? I'm not sure. I mean, it's so strange because you and I completely agree on John Mayer. So it's it's so weird. 
yeah you're almost kind of homoerotically attracted to him as well or <laughs> what are we saying uh, so right. okay. uh, what's this? our segment what's this, is Chris? say muse say me um the the principle behind this is we've got i'm going to give you two sets of lyrics one is to a muse song and one is to not a muse song you have to identify which of these ridiculous lyrics uh, belong to the Muse song. And Wonderful. Look, either way, <laughs> Lee's going to guess. Or he's going to tell us, because he's an absolute massive Muse fan. He's going to tell us what, what Muse song it's from. And then I will tell you. <laughs> I'll oh, tell you, know you what, what the other... They are on. one of these bands where you know the song by listening to it rather than... Because so often the title of the song has absolutely fuck all to do with how it sounds. Oh yeah, and I've I've picked like particular points where Matt Bellamy is well within his falsetto range, so he's not actually like, speaking <laughs> the words. He's so you just it's, it's more like visceral anyway. grunts right, okay. at that point. Uh, right, so, so how does this work? Do we take it in turns? No, or, uh... so I'm gonna I'm gonna pass it to you. You're gonna guess whether uh, whether right. it's Muse or not Muse. Got, it. Got uh, it. Or which one's Muse? Should I say? And then we're gonna pass it okay. over to Lee to tell us. In his infinite okay, wisdom, okay. which Muse right, song I'm ready. is? I'm ready. I'm ready. Well, we're going to start Hit off me. quite quite simple. Right, the first uh, first set of lyrics is you swept you swept me right off the uh, off the ground. You're the love I found. Is that Muse or is let's conspire to ignite all the souls that that would die just to feel alive? So is it A or B? B or A? I'm going to go A. So you swept me right off the ground. You're the love I found. Unfortunately, no, Joe, uh, jo, that was Aqua, Dr. Jones. Damn. <laughs> <laughs> uh, it's, it's nice that we're getting, getting straight in with that. Um, Lee. Uh, read, read, uh, let's read conspire to me. ignite all the souls that would die just to feel alive. What muse song are we talking is that is that off of absolution? Is that um I can hear it as well. I mean hear it quicker. This is audio. <laughs> <laughs> I mean you're asking the questions, man. Um Go on, tell us. It's Starlight. Yeah. Uh yeah, it's just before the just before the chorus, isn't it? I think. Right, so second second uh yeah, 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 Muse yeah, classic. Uh, and we'll uh, oh what my my spelling is it? just one sec um, we'll, <laughs> reading your own hand right yeah and we'll fall and we'll burn no one will recall no one will recall or you think you've private lives think nothing of the kind there's no true escape I'm watching all the time both absolutely go with, literary masterpieces. I'm going with A. I'm okay. going to stick with yeah. A. Yeah. Uh, Will I'm I'm not I'm not sure I got the lyrics right on that, but but yes, that is correct. So and we'll and we'll fall and we'll f- burn and no one will recall. No one will recall. What song is that from, Lee? What are we talking? What was the What was the other one from? <laughs> oh, sorry, the the other one's Judas Priest, Electric Eye. Right. Okay, which is an absolute jam. Um, Go on, bring it out. We'll, I think it's when we'll fall and is we'll it, burn. No one will recall. No one will recall. 
Is it Stockholm Syndrome? Boom. Is it? It is Stockholm Syndrome. <laughs> so, I mean... Secret it's, closet muse fan. Blowing my mind, the fact that <laughs> Joe is absolutely nailing it with the muse knowledge here. Lee, our resident muse expert, bemused and bewildered. <laughs> right, let's see if you can get a... Uh, Get a twofer on this one, Joe. Uh, right. Uh, oppose and disagree. Destroy demonocracy. Or your ears are full of uh, full of their language. There's wisdom there, I'm sure. Your ears are full of their language. There's wisdom there, I'm sure. Ooh, they, I mean, they're both sort of obnoxious shit lyrics from the mind of a complete buffoon, but I'm, I'm, I'm going to stick with A. I'm going to stick with A. I mean, the fact it had the word demonocracy in it is, is almost a dead giveaway, isn't it? You are correct. <laughs> that, is, that is 100% grade A muse bullshit. Uh, <laughs> uh, the second one was Coffee on TV by Blur. Uh... But there you that go. It's is a, a great again, song. So the, the way I got this, I, I tried to aim towards like kind of pompous and a little bit pretentious <laughs> lyrics to match the, right. the Muse ones. What Muse song is this, though? Oppose and disagree, destroy demonocracy. Is it Assassin? It is Assassin. Oh. <laughs> You are, are you googling this shit. No, I don't go. You, you'd be able to see me if I was googling. I think my keyboard's in in uh, in shot, isn't it? I mean, like from the the amount of times we've heard you typing into the fucking microphone over the years, Lee. <laughs> I don't think there's any way of silently yeah, googling. But not during a quiz, indeed. <laughs> indeed, yeah. I will. I will check. Like once I do the editing on this, I will check back on the audio to make sure there is no <laughs> foul play. But I'm pretty sure Joe here has been outed as a closet muse fan. Oh, that's not true. You've picked. Uh, you picked pop, like the poppiest muse songs there are. They're played everywhere. You can't get away from them. I mean, you might not be able to get away. Starlight, from them. maybe, but like I don't know. Stop yeah, I would have thought assassins, maybe like, not. Right. Not so like black holes, is it? Next. Next one. Next yeah. one. Uh, it's not always black and white. Your heart knows what's right. Or show me it's real, wasting our last chance to come away. B. I'm switching. I'm switching shit. Okay. It, it is B. It is B. It is. <laughs> there what, you go. What is it? Well, I can tell you absolutely that is from Muse's classic. No, I don't. I have no fucking idea. No, I don't know. <laughs> I, I, I thought you was going to nail it. Though. I got, I think I got lucky twice. I think I'm out now. <laughs> Come on, on reel it off what, again. What are we saying? What is it? Reel it off. Uh, show me it's real. Wasting our last chance to come away. Fucking hell! I mean, this is show me it's real. Possibly, it, it, possibly the biggest muse hit. Like aside from plugging baby, possibly the biggest muse hit. The biggest muse hit other than Plug In Baby. Yeah, like uh, like early muse hit. Is it newborn? It's newborn. newborn. Yeah, it's fucking <laughs> yeah, newborn. Yeah. The other, yeah. the uh, the second one. It's it's not always black and white. Your heart 
knows what's right is from the <laughs> Pokemon black and white TV theme tune. <laughs> <laughs> um, Great. Class. And, yeah, I mean, it, it just slides right in there, doesn't it? It just slides right in. You've got my son to thank for that one. He was he, he was happening to watch uh, Pokemon while I was writing this quiz, so rep it. Um, final one. Uh, a hall of records or numbers or spaces still undone, ruins or relics, disciples or the young. Or <laughs> I've tried so hard to spread love she prefers when I assert control. Psycho. I mean, uh, I don't know. Psycho. <laughs> I mean, it's pretty fucking bad, isn't it? But is it Muse? That's the question. Uh, I think it's A, but I've no idea which what, what Muse song. So A is from Golden Scans by the Klaxons. But B is from from what we say, Lee? Psycho? Psycho. Psycho. Isn't that talking heads? No, it's Psycho Killer, isn't it? Um, Kill or be killed? Uh, Same album. There you go. Drones. So that helps. (laughs) I think think, um, from that we can conclusively prove that Muse. Joe is a Muse. bigger Muse fan. I mean, than me. yeah, <laughs> Joe is a, a, a massive Muse fan, and we just we've unearthed the truth. And I, uh, I do, do you know I went to see them at um, at Wembley Arena in like two thousand and I don't know two thousand three something like that. Okay, it was the first show they ever did at Wembley Arena. Biffy Clyro supported. Oh, um, that was a wicked gig. Well, yeah, it was. Uh, so we 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 got uh, tickets through because even back. Back then, even though I wasn't working for Ashdown, I was I was always good good friends with the Ashdown family, and they they of course were very good friends with Biffy Claro. So yeah. me, my girlfriend, and a, and a few mates all got tickets to go and see them because at the time Biffy Claro was a small band. Like I don't think they'd even put out puzzles at the time. Oh shit! Uh, or, or or maybe it had just come out or something yeah. like that. But they were a weird choice for for a support. Certainly, like they they weren't you know almost weren't big enough. So. Yeah, so they were very lovely. They sorted us out with tickets. So I went to see them all the time back then, and I thought, Jesus Christ, this is a back shower of shit. The switch of row right at the end there. My God. Yeah. Back in the day, Muse used to support Depeche Mode, and that is a gig. Oh, oh man, I'd have died to see that. That'd be so good. Yeah. Uh, yeah. They're definitely there. There are bands that you know I I thought could have been good their first couple of albums and then yeah uh, yeah yeah and then that um w- w- the thingy Black Holes and Revelations came out and I was like yeah this is garbage and uh, so yeah so I think anything before then I I, I always thought like guitar tone wise bass tone wise oh it's a really interesting band um maybe maybe like lacked a little bit of a solid drummer I think but that that's a, a, a personal preference so he's a, he's a little bit unimaginative but. When it comes to like bass lines and bass tones, it more than makes up for it. And certainly, like you think, you think some of the stuff that Matt Bellamy was doing on like eight string guitars at the turn of the century, like it, yeah. in like two thousand, he was playing an an eight string guitar that was just absolutely unheard of. So he he's kind of you know I think he's done a lot of really cool stuff in his his early days. Um, 
yeah, I mean, that's, yeah, that's what, my what hot take. Isn't, <laughs> yeah, what you're saying isn't completely untrue because every time anyone, every time they bring out an album, everyone's like, "Oh, I hope it sounds like the like the yeah. old stuff." Original symmetry, so, yeah. <laughs> yeah, exactly. That's what everyone wants, and you know, everyone wants like another muscle museum and so on and so forth. But the the last album was. It was it was mixed, but it it was more akin to the um, the right. old stuff. Not yeah, hundred percent. But you know, but they they also remastered Origin of Symmetry recently, and um, why? I mean, why? It was fine. It was fine. <laughs> it was fine. <laughs> it was fine. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it didn't need doing. Yeah, no, that's a weird one. I understand remastering sort of like Rolling Stones or Beatles records because of the limitations they had back then, but remastering something just because it was the 90s and everyone thought that snares should be things that only dogs can hear is is not really a good enough time reason to remaster something he he, he said that there was a boxy like um sound to the whole album and he right, kind of wanted right. it to be, be more open a, a bit like an EMG, yeah, fair enough guess, fair, <laughs> yeah fair yeah. enough that, i mean the 90s the, like the late 90s the Dawn of the Century is a weird time for for mastering choices and record production choices, especially in heavy heavy music. We went through this sound where like B in a box guitar distortion was really popular, and and yeah, like drum kits sounded terrible, terrible <laughs> um, in I mean, in the early two thousands. You've got to look to Saint Anger, haven't you? <laughs> I know that's such an obvious one, and that was the extreme. But it's not like people talk about Saint Anger as if it's something that stands alone, and it's kind of like no, it no, was just, it, it was just it's kind the of the worst peak of that, no, 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 no. that that snare sound was was very unique. Thankfully, well, it was, but, it was, but it was just an extreme of what was a popular standard. Yeah. People laugh at it like it came out of nowhere. No, it didn't. Like everyone was playing piccolo snares around yeah. that time. Like it was, it was just a weird time for drum kits and heavy music. Oh. You know, it was a bit like you know, corn bread, bread. This thing where it's like, everyone was taking stuff to the nth degree at that yeah. point in time. Like corn how, were like, no, we don't want. Be. Yeah, yeah. And how yeah. few mids can you have? Like corn has <laughs> no mids; they're just lows and highs. But so much so that you're not really entirely sure what, if anything, is happening at any point. Yeah, and that's it's the, really hard to pick that, out that, anything like in the bass frequencies. You just get mm. the rattle of the. Like yeah. extremely low tuned strings on a normal scale length. I mean, I wouldn't say yeah. that it's just bad because of that, though. Because like, I still find myself going back and listening to old corn records and so on and so forth. Um, especially if I can put it on when my whole family's in the car, because that's fun. And, <laughs> what? Um, <laughs> yeah. Why would you do that? You're supposed to love those people. <laughs> I, it's just to see what sort of reaction my kids have to this sort of stuff because they ha- they aren't influenced by everyone telling them what's good and what's bad. Make it stop, Daddy. Uh, Make it stop. That's <laughs> pretty much what happened. Um, but but corn do have a lot of bounce to them. You know, corn do. You know, there is a lot of um, a lot of a lot of groove there, man. It, it's yeah. it's something that I never really got. Like I, I had. the the new metal thing was kind of at its peak when I was around 15. So it was, I was target market for it. And I I understood Limp Biscuit. I understood like Lincoln Park, never got corn, never, no, never really understood it. Yeah. I was too, um, I was too with Jay Cross at that point. Like, you know, I was just punk rock, just pop punk, pop punk. And, And that was the thing. Like, how old are you guys? How, how old are you both? 
I'm not saying. I, I don't know. <laughs> I, I honestly don't know. I'm somewhere, right. somewhere in the mid 30s, but I. Right, right. Like, it's. Okay. I'm, I'm not a milestone no, no. at the moment, so I, 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 I don't care. Told, I legit told my doctor the wrong age uh, two days ago. Purely <laughs> it gets by to that accident. point. It gets to that point. Yeah. I'm thirty. Yeah, I'm thirty-eight. Um, okay, uh, which is same as me. Yeah. Which is something like it, it's something like six years older than Jake Ross. But like we, uh, you know, we we definitely were, it was at that time when you were kids. It was uh, you were punk pop or you were you were metal. Like, and you yeah. couldn't be both. You had no, to be one or the other. Wrong, and I was very much in that in that punk pop thing. Most of my friends, we. You know, in our group, we we listened to it all. We, you know, oh, fair enough, fair enough. So yeah, we were because mm. I, you know, I went yeah. to see. I actually did security at Brixton Academy for some forty one, and they were fucking brilliant. Um, but yeah, we listened to Blink One Eight Two, Green Day, it, all that sort of stuff, uh, and um, all the metal as well. I think it's probably it, well. it, it's probably a Brighton thing because Brighton has a really strong punk rock scene mm. so it's not like people listen to everything it's that we have punk rock clubs and that people very much identify it has a yeah you had a place for it vi- yeah yeah and so but it's a place for it you know it's not a place for things outside of that you know so yeah yeah, yeah. i mean i I, has, <laughs> I, uh, I was heavy into we, punk we rock great venues but they were kind of like spread between everything like they were really 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 good rock venues but they didn't say, okay, we're just doing this one thing, we're just doing metal. Right. Yeah. yeah. All, all the venues near me were, it, it was like the uh, the tribute band scene. So if you didn't really fit into that kind of demographic, then you didn't get much much opportunity to play. So there was a lot of like originals bands that were aiming towards that classic rock kind of feel just right. because that's, right. those are the gigs you could get. Yeah, I, I, see. I, I, see. I really, uh, like, re- really liked listening to punk rock, uh, and then I picked up guitar, and then learned that I could play all of the punk rock within like four weeks of playing. <laughs> and I was like, yeah. Shit, what do I do now? <laughs> so then I went onto the like the the classic rock stuff and like into the like heavy riffs and whatnot. But oh, it that's just yeah. Year eleven with a tape recorder, listening to like me first and the Gimme Gimmies. <laughs> oh, I, oh man, I tell you what, I remember doing what you did with punk rock with because I never bothered trying to learn the punk rock stuff because um, I, I just didn't want to. When I was trying to learn guitar, I wanted to play all the classic rock stuff because that's where the guitar sounded like interesting. Right, and right I knew yeah. that the metal was so stuff low. was kind of Ooh. like out. <laughs> yeah, but I knew the metal stuff was kind of out of my grasp at the time, so I was trying to learn all this classic rock. And when I realized, like, with like one shape, I could cover ninety percent of it, which was the power chord. I yes, was just like done. All I need to know is what what order this power chord goes in and how many oh, bars yeah, it's yeah. for. And that was that was I was like, okay, done. that was it with the punk rock <laughs> thing. I'd, I'd learned yeah. the power chord, and I was like, well. I'll learn this this but Blink One Eight Two song. In, in, well, yeah, 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 and for, it, it was that. It was like I'll learn this Blink One Eight Two song, and then it was oh, but that's also this song, and it's also that song. And if I move it down two frets <laughs> yeah, and yeah. do the same pattern, it's also this, this, and this. And I'm like, oh, yeah. Well, that's... for years, <laughs> for years, it's just that it's the it's two strings. It's it's the it's your your E and your A two frets apart. Yeah, like with your with your big and your little finger, and then because at the time, and I know I sling high now, but when I was into punk rock, I slung as low as you possibly could. Yeah, there's no way you could get your hand around it. 
So it was all about learning to lock your thumb over to do your low strings. And then like <laughs> you could basically make a fist. And as long as you were just hitting your low two strings, you can move that anywhere on a guitar and pretty much play any song as long as it only had rhythm work. Yeah. Which is all a punk pop. Can we uh can we take a little segue as to see what what that is that you've just picked up? Because uh... <laughs> sure, sure, I don't. How, but this goes out as audio, so I'll describe yeah. what what this is. So so this is a Grez. Uh, what I'm holding, dear listener, is a Grez Mendocino with uh, Lola uh, Lola yes. gold foils. Um, there are two Lola gold foils. A lovely Grez tailpiece, a simple single volume, single tone. Yeah, it's it's almost got like a kind of um, Gretsch uh, penguin look yeah. to well, it. Grez is very much, I think, you know, even even in in their name, they are very much they're making <laughs> custom shop Gretches, aren't they? That's yeah. their that's their vibe. They've nailed a very tasteful headstock that's got its own yeah kind of thing going on. But yeah, it's completely hollow, weighs very very little. Like it's just a. You know that's just a a thin top on it, but they, I I don't think they've I've made few. I think I've made few better purchases ever in my life than a Grez Mendocino. It's um, I mean honestly, yeah, really mate, when, when you said Grez, I thought yeah, he's saying Gretsch really weird. <laughs> <laughs> but it's <laughs> like the yeah. uh... oh, I I thoroughly recommend checking them out. I I couldn't I I, I can't yeah, yeah that I I can't. I've, few guitars I've ever played have ever been as perfect as the Grez Mendocino. This was actually sent to me as a as a demo unit that was supposed to go back over to the states, and I was just like, "No, I don't, I don't, yeah, <laughs> yeah. I, can't, I can't, I don't think I can." He was like, "You sure? Like, I could just make you one, like for similar money, we can make one custom to your specs." And I was kind of like, "I don't know, yeah, no, what I change yeah. about this? You know, it's so perfect." Uh, I mean, it came, I mean, I do think it was helped for me by the fact that it turned up to me and he was like, I must apologize. The guy who had it before use, he strung it up with 12s and it's half a step down. And I, was, I was like, <laughs> oh, that's, that's how I want it. That's how I want it. I'm going to take it another half step down and then that's my perfect guitar, which is what it's in now. Just D standard 12s, mm. absolutely brilliant guitar. Yeah. Absolutely I, I, mental. I, like it was the it was the guitar that made it yeah. okay for me to sell my Memphis Gibson Custom Shop ES one seven five D. Because I, rem- I remember you know, that which... being mentioned quite a bit on the uh, mm. quite a bit on the podcast, and that was that was the one, wasn't it? That well, it, it was. Yeah, I spent thirty seven hundred pounds on that guitar, which was an awful lot of money for me. Oh, I sold it for forty five hundred pounds. <laughs> it was. Uh... Oh. It was, uh, it was that, that was good, <laughs> but it's uh, but yeah, that that guitar was always a dream guitar. But I realised that two things: I wasn't really playing it all that much, and when I started playing guitar in a in a band that uh, that we just just with my partner Emma actually, and and my guitarist Tim on drums. He's a drummer first, and the problem was when I took an ES one seven five out and actually had to put effects through it, is they feedback like fuck. <laughs> so. I, it, it yeah, just wasn't an option, and I was like, "I've basically got a full grand guitar here that's sitting yeah, around." Useless. Yeah, for, yeah, for your it, needs, I can play it in my bedroom. Yeah, you, you don't need to play a full grand guitar in your bedroom. That sort of thing demands to be played live, and so you know, there's a there, the guy who bought it from me was a very accomplished jazz musician, and 
I was so confident that the instrument was going to a yeah. really good place where it's it's just going to be it's going to have the best life. Not that, you know, not that I think of guitars as living things, but you know, I know that that guitar is going to Bullshit. be used really well <laughs> by that guy. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. You you've and, got you kind of got a duty of care to the instrument because yeah. you're not getting rid of it's... it because you don't love it. You're getting rid of it because it no. doesn't meet the needs. I mean, you exactly. could like there's there's stories of people like shoving socks into like f holes to stop it feeding yeah. back and whatnot but that's a, a very undignified way to go for such a such a pricey yeah. instrument yeah exactly I mean, and... that really does sound like an innuendo <laughs> <laughs> i mean yeah, we've true. all stuffed a sock or two before <laughs> come on <laughs> come on lads but yeah you know it's like someone at gibson memphis and at gibson memphis they you know for all the flack that gibson get these days the people making guitars out of Memphis are probably the most skilled guitar builders in the world, and and the stuff that they make is amazing. And the attention to detail on the ES one seven five D was just like nothing I'd ever seen before. It just it it felt like every time you picked picked up to play it, it was an experience. You felt better. You felt like a better player for playing it. And few guitars like do that to me. So. It was it was a tough sell, but also you know I am trying to save for a flat in Brian, so <laughs> so that was, was yeah, a, the extra, a good wedge of the deposit, <laughs> extra couple of grand is uh, going a long way. Exactly, yeah, but man. the Grez Grez <laughs> Mendocino, I, I couldn't recommend more highly. If you're thinking about a custom shop, dear listener, and you want a Gretsch, and you actually want a Gretsch, like you know. Jay Cross won't like me saying this, but you know, come <laughs> on. they're but not it's... the same owned by Fender. They're not the yeah. same. It, I mean, Gretsch, they're always very busy on the front. There's always there's the master volume. There's a volume for each pickup. There's, like, <laughs> trinkets all, all on the top, whereas that the, the sure. Grez is is that, but done tastefully. Yeah. A lot of That's gold foils. You can't... Yeah. yeah oh, well, well, come on. Electromatic, that is where I think Gretsch shine. I think the problem Gretsch have at the moment is that they're the premium end of Gretsch's. I can't see the quality difference above a lot of other brands offering things for around a grand and Gretsch at their, at that sort of area of like two, two and a half, it's too much money for, for what they are. Like it's two and a half grand for, for, for a poly, a poly finished Gretsch. I'm sorry. I'm just like, I know that nitro is not good for the environment, but I'm not willing to pay oh, two and a half grand for something that's covered in plastic. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and and that's what that's what Gretsch are. Whereas I do think when it comes to Electromatic, when it comes to the Streamliner, when when you get Gretsch at the three to five hundred pound mark, they are absolutely worth every penny. That's, that's where it. they're that's, good. That's what I'm getting at. It, it's it's their their low price stuff is <laughs> just nearly as good as the highest price stuff, and the price yeah. difference is too vast. Yeah, that's it. it, it yeah. This Apart is from the big speeds, the big speeds are absolutely fucking shocking. Now no. that is a wonderful point, and something that is easily overlooked, especially on the electromatics, because the thing about big speeds, they look very, very cool. And as soon as you see, like, and you're like, oh, here's this electromatic, like, hollow body. Uh, you know, Bigsby loaded Gretsch. It's in like a two tone finish where you've got like a uh, like a, a light green wash on the front and like a darker green on the sides, and it's got binding. What more could you want? These these Fidelitron style pickups. It's going to be amazing. That that guitar is not going to hold tune with with those those B Bigsby's. Yeah. But um, but but if you get a hardtail, they're fantastic. 
Yeah. You know what though? You wouldn't gig a guitar like this. Well, yeah, Why not? Sure I mean, you might not because <laughs> it's too fucking quiet. It, it doesn't. It doesn't. It was not going to keep up with my other guitars. It, if I wait, wait, wait. With, what uh, would it? What wouldn't it keep up with? Anything. I plug it in, and it's like so much quieter. It's just like a ridiculous amount quieter than everything else. That's so. a preamps job, though. Volume's a preamps job, surely. You got something on your pedal board to lift that up, and you're fine. Like guitars are louder and quieter than each other. Yeah, but like simple boost pedal, but surely. a lot. Yeah, it's uh, it's like but standing it's a lot, near yeah. a, a microphone with a classical guitar yeah, as opposed yeah. to a, a, a Les Paul. You know, it, it's that. Sure. Well, would you stand next different. to a Les Paul with a classical sure, guitar? Yeah. That make no sense. <laughs> <laughs> right, gentlemen, I think huh. we have pontificated long enough. Let's let's uh, let's do a hot take. A hot hot take. <laughs> Well, I say hot, lukewarm hot takes. First of all, we're going to um, do a mop-up from two weeks ago because one of us forgot to put a, um, a hot take in the last one. wasn't me. Um, all right, Shaggy. <laughs> um, so, Hello, darling. Uh, our last hot take was signature gear is should only be for touring artists. Um, 85% said Beato is a beast. 15% says say no to Beato. So that means signature gear should be for all that Beato is correct on having his signature um SG special, is it? Um, so you're gonna get a signature guitar then? Me. I mean if <laughs> if Gibson are offering a signature I mean, we can all fucking get one. Why not? <laughs> Wait, so 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 where did that opinion come from? Do you guys both disagree with signature would you would either of you a, a simpler question yeah would you buy a signature instrument uh, uh well i have uh, oh yeah i've got I've, I've got one yeah. it's of course not because of whose it is but because of the guitar itself the yeah. les paul are you being funny and saying the les paul no his les no, paul no, is no, a signature les, les paul. paul oh okay okay <laughs> i thought you were doing yeah. that classic thing yeah. where you go oh, well the oh, les paul oh, is oh, a signature oh, model no. <laughs> no, okay. I mean, he no, was going a, to, but now you've called him out. It's a, it's a Billy Morrison Les Paul, but right, um, right. I've done everything I can to kind of hide that. Yeah, um, I see. But the spec on it is amazing. So, well, there you go. There you go. Yeah. So, I mean, the, the way that the hot takes work is it's either one of one of our personal opinions, or we put our ear to the ground of the the guitar community and and hear right, what right. kind of opinions are being. Um, touted out there and and when this news article came out about the Beato signature there was a lot of people I was seeing saying mm, like does he really like should he really get one so we thought I'd th- right. throw it out to the, the the opinion of of the people this week's opinion is based on a video that I did last week on my channel um which is it, it was the, a shootout between the Boss SD1 and the DS1 basically trying to find out which is the ultimate beginner guitar pedal because of like oh, the availability great. of them. That's a great question. Um, the hot take this week, which may be, may be controversial, is that the DS1 is the ultimate beginner guitar pedal. Oh, really? Oh, did, really? Did you think it would be the SD1? See, that doesn't surprise me. The DS1... Seems like a perfect beginner pedal. Yeah. But, so, I mean, you know, look, both of them are within that price point that actually, and on the used market as well, you can pick either one up for about 30 quid. 
So they're wow. well yeah. well attainable wow. within the um the the kind of beginner market. There's so metal work. So well. the metal work on a boss pedal should be more than thirty quid, you know. Yeah, <laughs> look, absolutely. But like, you can you can pick them up all day, every day, and usually like a, a pretty good standard one hmm. for about thirty quid. So they are well. They're kind of within that um, like cheap Chinese clone um, at, at brand new prices territory anyway. Yeah. So no, you know, you know what, right? You, you got to consider the amps these are going to be going into. If you're a beginner, you're not going to have a valve amp, and if you want a DS1 to shine, you need to be running into a valve amp. Oh, See, really? Why? Why do you think that? Because I've run them into non-valve amps <laughs> and they sound shit. <laughs> My argument would be for the contrary that actually the SD1 sounds much better when it is taming, uh, like a roaring amp, right? right uh, yeah, like a does. roaring valve amp, at least. And the the DS1 has more of that, uh, like the distortion flavour that you might be after when you are a beginner guitar player, uh, which will work with a solid state amp. I know it's not going to sound that's, the best. That that's exactly that's that's exactly what I think though. Like a uh, like overdrive is kind of expansion. It's like tone expansion. And yeah. so into a valve amp, overdrive of any type is great because it's making those valves do more. Whereas distortion is like, it's like a, a, an effect. It's like adding a thing on top of your sound rather than, I don't know, broadening or deepening your sound like overdrive does. And so distortion, if you're just going into like a JC or if you're a beginner, you're going into a, whatever, <laughs> a little, yeah, yeah, you're going to something like that. Then having that sort of like, here is, and because of course distortion is doing a little bit more than overdrive, overdrive is expanding that sound, but essentially it's, you know, it's, it's gain. Whereas distortion is adding compression in as well. That that's yeah. almost desirable if you don't know what you're doing. Like there's a little bit more under the hood with a distortion pedal. I, I would agree though, I would agree with Lee. I think the SD one is a better pedal, like sounding. Oh, absolutely. But that's like that's like if you ask me which one I'd want on my board. If yeah. if you want to talk about like what's a better beginner pedal, the DS one that would, if I was new to guitar, the DS1 would get me excited about guitar more than an SD1 would. The yeah. SD1 would be all raw because it would emphasize my mistakes. Uh, all the harmonics would come through in ways that I wouldn't know how to deal with. Whereas the DS1 would be tight and controlled. Which... Yeah, I think the, the EQ that you get on a, uh, a solid state practice amp as well is it's got that really kind of compressed mid. Uh, mid range. And if you add in uh -huh. an SD1 on top of that, you're just going to get more compressed mid range. Sorry, uh, yeah, an SD1, sorry. It's going to kind of emphasize the bad bits of that amp rather right, yeah, than yeah. giving you Nirvana in a box kind of. Because let's yeah. face it, when you, were, when you were a beginner guitarist, you're not going to go for the subtle kind of edge of breakup <laughs> tones no, on the, the no. DS1. You're going to crank <laughs> everything up to 11 and go, yes. Exactly. <laughs> I am a Although god. <laughs> you, the thing that you guys are overlooking here is what you've said is completely correct. It, when you're a new player, it is all about the distortion because that's where you're going to be able to sculpt the tones and that sort of thing. But not a not a DS one. A DS one only sounds like a distortion, really, when it's running. If you already a, a valve amp, a gainy amp. Well, a gainy yeah. amp, a gainy amp. I, I had this. This exactly this issue with a distortion plus. I, I got a distortion plus when I was new to playing hoping it was going to make me sound like randy rhodes and it sounded like a wet fart so where would if you I go could, hm2 
Oh, metal zone. If you, metal if you, zone. Yeah, metal if you want to put the kids off playing guitar for life, then... Because, oh, man. like, for a beginner, there's so many tonal options in the um, in the um, metal thing, what is it, metal zone, that you're more likely to get a bad tone than you are a good tone. Get a KMA pedal, then. KMA do do a great HM2 clone actually. The The HM2, the worm, the worm, worm. yeah, yeah. I'm recently discovering that the HM2 is like a pedal that I've always overlooked because it's called the heavy metal, and that's a stupid name. But it actually (laughs) doesn't sound heavy metal at all. It sounds like a flipping great distortion pedal. This is where the the dear listeners are going to have their say on this. So we've got to put the poll. In the um, in the Fret Talk podcast group, and you will vote as to whether you think the DS One is the ultimate beginner guitar pedal. Make sure that you're voting with it based on that. I got so much flack on this video because people didn't read the fucking title. They're like, <laughs> oh, "What are you talking about? Why don't you just buy both?" Or, "Oh, why would I buy either?" And just, oh, oh fuck's sake! Just oh, come on, just read. Like, it's not that. It's not that tough. <laughs> Well, I'm, I'm, I'm in DS1 camp. I'm in yeah. DS1 camp. That's the ultimate pedal for me. Yeah. The ultimate I mean, beginner pedal. If I was going to buy a first pedal, I can't think of more fun. That, well, I can. The The answer to more fun is probably a DM2W because there's nothing more fun than analog delay. But it, you want to talk about, I, I wouldn't know what to do with it if, it was, if I was a beginner. Yeah. Uh, the, uh, they're, they're outside of the price range as well, aren't they? They're kind of well past the £100 mark. Oh, that's true. That's very true. That's a good point. How much is uh, a carbon yes, the car- copy mini? Oh, I don't know. A carbon copy bright secondhand is about £119, I know, because that's how much I'm selling mine for at the moment. <laughs> so <laughs> if, anyone's if you have to one, hit him up for some details. <laughs> uh, we've, we've got a few kind of news discussion bits. I feel we would be remiss if we didn't get our wonderful Mr. Joe Branton to, to do his epic news are you ready? Uh, I, I think I am. Nudes. Wait. <laughs> he did the thing. He did the thing. Woo. Right. Oh, so. <laughs> PRS horse meat. Just the horse meat. I, I mean, they've, they've done an entire lineup, but let's. We, we oh, mainly right. talk about okay. it. I, I didn't let's hear what you said before. Yeah, yeah let's just talk about the horse meat. Horse so, meat. <laughs> I'm so talking about a... the PRS pedals. Yeah, uh, they man. did the horse meat. They did the wind through the trees, which is their dual flanger. And they did the uh, Screaming Mary. I can't remember what it was called. Yeah. I mean, Screaming the other Mary? two, like, n- n- not not great names, but not terrible. Horse meat, arguably. Name. Ar- arguably. I completely hard, hard disagree with that. This is. It, like even with stuff like the steel panther pedals where they've done like the butthole burner and the uh the melter i'm like mm, it's it's not for me i understand kind of that it has a market horse meat it just yeah. it just makes me frustrated and cringe every time um it's a it's a it's a play on the blonde. centaur yeah yeah yeah, yeah. I, we we know where it's coming from we know yeah, what yeah, like, obviously why it's uh, why it's named that, but there's there's got to have been a board meeting. There's got to be a, a few of these board meetings where probably where they've sat there and gone yeah, then went horse meat. No, that's option, a, that's a and really like, great name. Done, done, done. Taken. Simpsons did it. 
you know, and it'll just keep going <laughs> yeah. through like that and, until they're like, oh, fuck it, just call it horse meat. Well, I can't actually think good. of anything else. The names aren't good, but I think undeniably they sound good in, in the demos. I haven't actually watched them because I know what a clon sounds like. I know yeah, what, I, uh... Well, this is it. This is it. Yes, yeah, certainly there are a lot of competition out there. PRS coming into the pedal market. The thing about PRS is people who like PRS will yeah, fucking die on that goddamn hill. They will fucking <laughs> die on that goddamn hill. And like they cannot be told and they will take huge epic offense to me even joking slightly that maybe I think a PRS is a bit shit. Like they can't take it. So absolutely PRS are going to do very well with their pedals because they've got such a diehard audience. But I'm sorry, PRS lovers. I actually really dislike the look of the guitars, but I think they're undeniably fantastic guitars. And the thing is, uh, the thing that I underestimate, always underestimate about PRS, is that they're actually classic sounding guitars, aren't they? They're not very modern. I love classics. I love Les Pauls. I love everything Gibson do. And PRS do that sort of thing. So I maybe shouldn't give them so much flack. And the pedals are kind of the same thing. Yes, they look modern. They're super weird and techy. It's a very new <laughs> look. The names are terrible. But they look the like the 80s to me. They look like, like 80s consoles. Maybe you're right. Maybe that's, that's actually maybe what they are. But when you think of them sonically, I can't think of anything more classic. He's gone for a transparent clone overdrive. Yeah. That's very cool. That's very vintage. Very easy to use compressor as well. Which is an LC2A, so a classic studio compressor. Yeah. And then he's gone for, yes, it's a dual flanger, but flanger is the wrong word. Everyone's always, when you hear the word flanger, you go, oh, tacky, cheesy, space jet sounds. Actually, what it is, is is, it's a tape (laughs) machine emulator. Well, yeah, I mean, it even says it, like I think in the description, they've been like, do jet sound emulations. It's like, no, it's just a wobbly tape. It's, yeah, it's, tacky. it's great. It's oh, you like flanger? Oh, I see. Of course, I like flanger. <laughs> right. I, well. I know. I know. I know your take on flanger, and it. No, 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 like, no. I welcome, like here flanger. Here comes the clown patrol. I think Mark said once, <laughs> and that's always stuck with me, and I hate it. <laughs> <laughs> I like flanger. I like but, flanger, but flanger is, one. I think, by people who don't like flanger, flanger is thought of as a tacky effect. And I think maybe the name flanger has been stained with that. I think if this was called tape emulation. Everyone would be like, oh, this is great. So if you think they've released a transparent overdrive, a classic studio chorus, and the Jimi Hendrix pressing his finger against the tape, rerunning his records, which yeah. is essentially what they're going for. Those are three fantastic sounds that PRS have now you know, put out there. I, I don't think they could have done a better job of, of the effects they've chosen, just maybe the names, and <laughs> I agree. The look of the pedal is not for me, but it's very PRS in that it looks vulgar and shit. But you know. <laughs> See, I like PRSs as well. The thoughts I, I don't like Joe Brand. Do not necessarily. I really don't like all PRSs, and I, I understand like all the flame and stuff. It can get so bad, but some of them huh. do can look tasteful. You know, there yeah, is sure. the there is the as I, th- I think we call it the owl turd, but that's one end of the spectrum, and then we've got the other end which can be you know a natural looking prs yeah yeah stuff like the mirror there yeah 
The mirror is a great a, a great example, actually. And Lee, look, there are dentists all over the world that agree with you. <laughs> um, <laughs> no, no, the, the mirror is a great example. Actually, yeah. PRS do more good stuff than I ever give them the credit for. When they, they're not flamey, and that's just a personal preference. I, I don't know. When they're not flamey, they're actually fantastic looking. Yeah, and I mean... the, all the time, they're great sounding and great playing and incredibly built. You can't argue that, you know, they're... Yeah, even down yeah. to the SE line, the they yeah. punch well above their price point. I I actually think the SE line changed the game for Korean-made guitars. I don't think people had. I think Korean guitars always had respect, but now Korean guitars are thought of as highly, if not higher, than Mexican-made instruments. Yeah, and I think the SEs were the first to come out. There, lots of companies obviously do it now. Reverend go to the same factory, Mir, that that make the um. The SEs, uh, yeah. they make the SEs. In fact, Ashdown went there for 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 our um, our first stab at bases. But lots of people use that factory now, and the quality court of well, actually, court have their court factory, don't they? They've moved out of Mir now. But um, uh, but yeah, the the PRS SEs. I yeah. remember when SE Exotics came in, and they did like the oh. baritone. and they did all those weird things. They were all they were seven nine nine in British pounds. I, yeah. I, no, no one had hit a quality level like that ever. You know, it it, it was very impressive. Uh, absolutely. I mean, I not so long back, a couple of months back, played the um, played one of the SE Silver Skies, just happenstance. Oh yeah. Um, and I I was then googling how much is this going to set me back? Really? Wow. So I, I'd be really interested to hear this because I've never played um one of the SE Silver Skies. Are they still are they still seven two five on the radius? Um, no, it's eight and a is half, it... I think. Oh, so they've gone somewhere in between. That's kind yeah. of a good idea to make it a bit more of a general purpose instrument. So, how did you feel it compared? I guess to like I don't know, like a mix, like a player strat is 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 I guess the an obvious. So comparison. I mean, they've like the Mexican range of Fender have really upped their game within the last kind of five years, and yeah. I I think that the, uh, the the player stuff is is really really good quality and well built. Um, it's yeah. it absolutely wipes the floor with like my preconception of Mexican Fenders, which was basically a squire but with Fender head like Fender on the headstock. I couldn't agree more. Um, so they they've really upped um, up the game there. It's a different beast because I mean, have you played the the US Silver Skies? Uh, yes, yeah, I have. And it's it's not a strat. It's <sighs> no, sure, it's uh, yeah. it's not too far off though. I mean, it's just no, you get you get similar tones, but when you're playing it, I I didn't feel like I was playing a strat. Well, um, for me, for me, when I tried those, uh, the 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 ordinary silver sky, I couldn't see what the fuss was because, and it's nothing to do with John Mayer. It was, it was just because when PRS do a bolt on, I don't think that's their strong point. I don't yeah. think that's what they are better than everyone at. Um, yeah, so they've, was, they've not had so that that was that the thing. Prestige have they with the bolt on? Uh, yeah, it's it's like I understand what's so good about a PRS. It's just not necessarily like a, a custom 24. I get it. I get what the purpose is. When you're yeah. giving me a 2200 pound bolt on PRS and telling me to buy that instead <laughs> of a, what, a 1200 pound fender, I just couldn't see the difference other than 
honestly, other than people gagging on John Mayer, like that that was the that was the reason that everyone bought one. Absolutely, yeah, um, yeah, because yeah. it it had been something that had been in the pipeline for such a long time, and then it was it was like <laughs> the guitar release equivalent of edging. It was. <laughs> they'd been teasing it and teasing it and teasing it, and then finally, and the, those wallets did spread all over the shop, didn't they? Uh, but again, with the SEs, <laughs> they did exactly the same thing. It was when's the SE coming out for this? When's the SE coming out? And that was about three years in the making. And then it was a case of yes, this is, and it's it's not the most affordable um, SE because it's it's right at the kind of mid to top price range within the SE or this is, at least was what, you, I think what they were kind of saying without saying when they were releasing it is like this is going to be the strat to end all strats and yeah. from what from what I'm getting from you it's, it's, no, it's not it's, much like a strat no it's it's you get you get those strat flavours um, but it it's a lot more of a modern playing strat than a strat is Oh, because of that cutaway they worked for years on. Yeah, right. um, <laughs> like it, just the, the the general feel of it, because the the um, position of the controls isn't in the kind of strap place, so you're not constantly hitting yourself, and and it's just like little tweaks that are so unnoticeable. But when you're actually playing it, you know that you're not playing the Fender. Um, the pickups mm. were fantastic as well, by the way. The um, the SE uh, pickups were really really well voiced. Right. Um, so I, I was like genuinely very impressed. Um, so much so, like I, I've always been pining after one of the Nick Johnston um, Schecters. Oh yeah, yeah, and, they're great. Yeah, and uh, absolutely, and they're kind of a similar price point. And it was it then put in my mind actually, if I do get this money together for this, um, which way am I going to go now? Rather than just yes, I'm going for the Nick. I think I'd rather see. PRS written on a headstock than Schecter. Um, yes, but like o- over the last couple of years, they they've released like the PT series, um, like Telecasters, and they they're absolutely fantastic playing, fantastic looking. They've been hitting like the Nick Johnston stuff as well. They've been going for a lot more of a classic market than the the kind of drop tuned EMG laden Schecter of oh, my yeah. youth. Well, let's not forget they do the cure sync. They've got a, they've got a Robert Smith signature model. <laughs> Everything comes back round. <laughs> oh shit, man! I'm tired. <laughs> I'm tired of your bullshit, Lee. <laughs> yeah, I, I reckon that's a good place to to end us for the week. I have got a a, a little mop up for this. Last week we mentioned uh, a comment from Al Lawson in the podcast group about us getting a fact about Bond wrong. It was a quote from Alan Partridge, which just went completely over our heads. So he was like living deeply within a well of embarrassment this week. So I'm going to mention it again. So that's perpetual. Uh, so there you go. That's the gift that keeps on giving. <laughs> wow. uh, so we've got, uh, we've got some people to thank. Uh, first of all, we're going to thank Mr. Joseph Branton for um, gracing us with his presence blog podcast royalty here just thanks guys it was so lovely to be on this podcast indeed indeed it was it's absolutely fantastic to have you um we're going to extend a thank you to our i thought you i thought that was a kazoo then (laughs) you're gonna do a little (laughs) (laughs) fan 
But it wasn't. It was just regular, regular old beer. <laughs> um, so I'm going to extend a thank you to our listeners and extend a extra special, super sexy thank you to our Patreon backers who, for as little as $2 a month, you can get your name on this list, an exclusive, exclusive list. They are the people as follows. We've got Mr. Andrew Bimson. We've got Mr. Adam Yeomans of Chef Tone Effects. We've got Mr. Doug Christ of 37 Effects of Masters of the Cinematic Universe and the Just Surprise Me podcast. We've got Mr. Hugh G-Rection. <laughs> we've, <laughs> we've got Mr. Ben Fletcher of Fletcher Pickups. And we've got Mr. Brian Gower of the Tone Jerks podcast and the Second Button podcast and occasionally the Just Surprise Me podcast. Uh, if you want to catch me online, you find me at Budget Pedal Chap. Instagram, Facebook, YouTube. YouTube is the home to the No Talkal Tone series and the home of the No Talkal Tone Versus series. This week we have got another one of those Demon Effects pedals. Um, yeah. <laughs> I think it's uh, it's the Vemuram Janray um, clone, which. Timmy. Yeah, it's. Yeah, Timmy time. Yeah. Um, Lee, where can we find you? Uh, you can find me on Facebook on Pedalboards of Doom. You can find us on the page, on the group. You can find us on YouTube. You can find us on Instagram. Probably going to have some other things soon, such as tickening, tuckening, and all that sort of bullshit. So if you want to find me, basically, I'm, I'm just going to be in your face anyway. So yeah, there. Woo -woo. And Mr. Joe Branson, where can we find you? Good sir. Oh, well, yes, you can uh, You can listen to the Guitar Nerds podcast. Just, you know, tap Guitar Nerds into your preferred podcast platform. And you can pretty much do that on whatever social media platform you like. We make little video shorts on Instagram, which are quite fun at the moment. So check us out on Instagram and listen to the podcast. Guitar Nerds is the name. Indeed. Yeah, you've got quite, quite, the, uh, quite the following going on there as well. Join the crowd. Be part of at least top five guitar podcasts of all time <laughs> very good <laughs> uh, so from myself mr budget pedal chap from lee he looks like he's gone to sleep from lee and from mr joe branson it will be a tatty bye and good night for this week farewell bye all I used to date twins and uh, a twin. I used to date a twin. And people used to always ask me, they used to say, how do you tell the difference? But I always used to remember that Linda wore blue nail polish and Bob had a cock. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Right on. Right there on. There you go. Yeah. <laughs>